Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's time for another episode of Last Drinks, a podcast where we have conversations for the sober and the sober curious, hosted by me, Maz Compton, sober since 2015. Oh, hey, girl and boy and man and lady and whoever else might be listening to Last Drinks, it's time for another episode. Thanks for joining me. This week, I'm chatting to Yasmin Walter, and she has coined a term that I just love. It's a noun. I don't even know what a noun is. I I forget. Is it a doing word? I don't know. Anyway, it's hustlepreneur. Uh, it's a hybrid word, and she's going to unpack exactly what that means and why she is one in our podcast chat today. But one thing I just wanted to explain about Yasmin, who she is and what she does and how she's a hustlerpreneur, just to give you guys a bit of context. Um, She is a self-proclaimed girl boss who organizes and manages a whole bunch of things. Like I'm talking since she was 17, she's basically run her own businesses. So she calls herself, I love this, a Jill of all trades and she's got fingers in pies, so many pies. So Yasmin is a huge babe and a former model. And so she founded Model Camp Australia um, to help out aspiring young models. And then that sort of formed into a partnership with SAS Management to build opportunities for talent from WA, where she's based in Perth, um, across Australia. Then she started doing workshops for models and then um, she started like Kalgoorlie Fashion Week. Then she's also started like a publishing arm and then like a kid's publishing arm called Little K Books. She's just done, she's just like has an idea and then just makes it happen. And that is a real skill. And she's done it all completely sober and totally sober. And I will let you, I will let her tell you about, her last drink um because it's a bit of a it's a bit of a different vibe her story it's a really different thing and we get into some woo woo stuff and I'm all for the woo woo if it's not your cup of tea that's cool have an open mind man I'm not telling you to go and get a soul alignment I'm just saying that some people get soul alignments and it works for them and I'm happy if it works for them. So enjoy this episode of Last Drinks with Yasmin Walter and I will catch you next week. You describe yourself as a hustlepreneur. Yes. A hustlerpreneur. Uh, And when I read that, I was like, I think I'm one of those too. You are. So we'll get stuck into what that means a little bit later. But firstly, I just want to find out about your last drink, um, what it was, when you had it, and why you had it. Mm-hmm. So I've actually never been drunk in my entire life. I don't drink. 
I've never had a drink. I think I had a sip of Malibu and lemonade when I was 17, but that's as alcoholic as my adventures of beverages go. Um, I've just never found the, the need to drink or want to drink. And I think because I'm very much against the grain. So everyone was doing it. So I was like, that's not cool because everyone's doing it. I have to be different. <laughs> I don't like following what everyone's doing. Like, you know, I've never watched Game of Thrones because everyone's like, watch it. So I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. So I'm very much against the grain. And um, I started working in nightclubs um, when I like just turned 18. So I was around drugs. I was around alcohol and it was in abundance and free. So I think it just never really appealed to me because it was so easily accessible. Um, and then also working in a nightclub and seeing girls just get messy. I'm like, I'm not going to mess this beat up. <laughs> I'm not ruining my makeup. So 100%. I just never, I just, it just never appealed to me. And I also saw like, you know, the bad sides of it all, like what happens when you are drunk and out of control and what happens to women and, and girls that think they're safe with whoever they're with and their drinks get spiked, vice versa. Um, so it's pretty scary. So I just, I was just never interested. And then if you're into the woo woo, um, my dad, <laughs> I'm so into the woo woo. Okay, perfect. Then this won't scare you. Mm -mm. My dad, um, my dad's Muslim. So he said that when my mom was pregnant, he would always do like a prayer or blessing over her belly saying like, no drinking, no smoking, no drinking, no smoking. And he didn't do it with any of any of the other siblings. And they're all like, so I'm like I don't know maybe that works so I actually don't know why many reasons why I think but yeah that's just why I find the need not to drink and it's also just it's just dumb and it's bad for your skin and it's like bad for your health and it's literally poison so I yeah. couldn't agree more but it took me you know like most of my adult life of drinking alcohol to have that epiphany that you had at a very young age which is it's just not great for you so it sounds to me like you have this really um, powerful, rebellious nature <laughs> yes. because you said I'm against the grain. I saw what everyone else was doing and I was like, that's not for me. And so how does that sort of, because when it comes to alcohol, that's great, right? Because alcohol is a poison. It is. Look, we don't need to go into all of the disadvantages and all of the negatives of alcohol in this conversation. I've, I've, you know, I think it's quite obvious to people who are this far along in my podcasting journey that like, we know alcohol, it's not so great. And I think people land here because they are at a point where they're like, my hangovers are really bad or getting worse. I'm not the best parent. Um, it is affecting my mental health. It is affecting my cognition. Um, I am doing dumb things. I am forgetting stuff. So they land at a place where they want to give it up and that's a whole journey. And you've never had to go down that road. So what, I guess, kept you from experimenting because most people end up experimenting and then it becomes this real crutch for them, like it becomes a bit of a coping tool. So what was the the major thing that stopped you going down that road and going, oh, but maybe I could feel accepted by my peers if I just dabbled in what they're dabbling with? Yeah, I feel like I never, like peer pressure as well, I never succumbed to that. And my circle of friends, they're never like, just do it. Like they'll say it jokingly or whatever, but I'm like literally the first on the dance floor, the last of the dance floor. I can have like, I'm the party without having to get lit. I'm just like naturally 
batshit crazy. So I'm just like lit already without any alcohol. And I think because I've I've come so far that I haven't tried it. It's like, why would I start now? You know, so yeah. even, even with my girls, like I've got two little girls and um, my eldest one is turning nine and she's never tried soft drink. Um, and she's also got that mentality now. She's like, no, I haven't tried it yet. Like I, I don't want to try it. Like it's bad. So, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's like I've got a very – very strong-willed I guess and um, if I put my mind to something in focus and just like say no I can stick with that and I think just having yeah a community that understands that that's just not you it's not something you want to do and they don't push it it's like it's just never been an issue like I've never I've never felt the need to have to fit in or I've never had to you know change who I am to fit the mold of whatever this group Mm. wants or that group wants like the power is that I'm me and I don't drink I've never even had a cigarette like I'm just that's just me and I'm I'm okay being pure if you want to call it that and no one has a problem with it so and also I don't I'm not I know a lot of people that um have to drink and get on the liquid courage to be able to you know dance or chat to people anything like that I think I'm just (laughs) super maybe overly confident in myself that I haven't had the need to lean towards that and um like during hard times anything like that my poison is just crying (laughs) like just let it all out Mm. instead of you know because you can you can drink and I know a lot of people drink when they're having problems but that just you know shields the problem for however long you're drinking for plus hangover Mm. and then the shit's still there the next day so there's no point in trying to run away or hiding from whatever problem you're having you just have to stay focused and just hit it on the head, deal with it. I always think there's, and there's a problem, there's two solutions. It's either that one or that one. You choose which one it is. You stick with it or put up with it or you make a change and do something different. That's really the only way you can move forward in life. You are definitely proof that being sober does not make you boring. No, I'm fun as well. <laughs> I think that I would agree with this and I've only just met you. I think that a lot of people are so scared of feeling a bit uncomfortable maybe on a dance floor or out with their friends and so they succumb to the peer pressure and it beca- that just becomes their normal. And yeah. what I love about your story is you're like, no, I still get it. I'm still the first one on the dance floor and you are comfortable in that space that a lot of people, that's their that is their barrier to sobriety. That's their barrier to their last drink because they're like, no, I don't know how to be unless yeah. I have this stuff in me that's changing the way that I am. And so I think that's hugely encouraging that you can still have a very excellent social life. It sounds like you're a cool mom. You can show up to life and do all of these things without having uh, a glass of wine in your hand or without thinking about alcohol is going to make me lean into this moment even more because there's always this negative knock-on effect that's the bummer of alcohol that even though it might give you a little bit of you know that liquid courage that you mentioned to get on that dance floor there's a hangover waiting the next day and there's bad food choices before then and there's interrupted sleep before that you know like it's just this knock-on negative so I have a bit of a theory about why you've only ever had one drink Um, And I think it's this hustlerpreneur thing that I want to get into with you. So can you, what's your definition of a hustlerpreneur? Am I saying it right? Hustlerpreneur. So hustler, hustler, yeah. So hustler, 
obviously someone that's just always on the grind. So I think that also came from my childhood of um, a broken home, um, growing up in a home with domestic violence and just all sorts of trauma, um, which I should be way more fucked up than I am considering where I came from and I should definitely be on the grog, but I'm not. So that's just just me. Um, But, yeah, I think just not having anything and always having the need to, you know, we need to get food in our bellies. So my mom was just always working, working. So she kind of instilled that really hardworking mentality into me. So, and then like for me, you know, have you been to New York? It's just like that energy of New York. is just like, that's just what I feel. I just got goosebumps. I just like feel that every day. I'm just like wanting to relive just like, you can't even explain that energy of just like hustle. Like everyone in New York is just hustling, hustling and always busy. And I don't know if that's my poison. Um, you know, it's not alcohol, but just always having to stay busy so that mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, thinking about my childhood trauma or anything like that. And then the entrepreneur side of it comes of just like having that motivation and dreams and hustle, but actually putting it into action and mm. turning it into an income, turning it into something tangible and something that not only helps myself, but I can help people as well. So even with my new book, it's, it's a collection of, um, female entrepreneurs, female founders. So we've come together to share our stories and encourage and inspire other women who are perhaps wanting to leave the workforce or just had a baby and they don't want to go back to work because they want to stay with their kids. So it's just, yeah, hustlerpreneur is just about bringing those two together and just having a goal and just getting shit done. That's what I do is just get shit done. You do. you, And you, there's a lot of things that you get done. And I think definitely hearing your work ethic be being so strong is so commendable because I do feel like we are um in a bit of a season where people have a bit of a shitty work ethic yeah uh, when it comes to corporations right so I've never blamed the industry that I kind of grew up in for my dependence on alcohol but it 1000% is a part of the story because I got um, indoctrinated really into media and booze at everything and the pay was crap but the verve was free and so <laughs> I feel like part of my drinking story is about being in these big corporations that use alcohol as currency and reward and validation yeah because they, they you've never it. been in those environments because you have from a really young age, being an entrepreneur and done it on your own terms. Not to say that that's harder or easier. It's just a different way of going about earning an income. It's a different way about approaching life. It's not as secure because if it blows up in your face, you don't have sick leave when you're an entrepreneur. You don't have all of the, you know, you don't have the things that you sign up for when you sign up for a job in a corporation. But then the flip side of that is you are your own boss. You get to call the shots. You don't have to answer to anybody. You don't have to go to an end-of-year party and get amongst it with all of the other employees who are kind of drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit. And that is, I think, one of the reasons why you've had this incredible ability to kind of avoid something that's really unavoidable in our society and in our workplaces and it's because you've done it on your own terms and it takes a huge set of balls to do that. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and, Metaphorical um, balls, like not actual balls. You know what I mean? They also have actual balls. I'm just kidding. Uh, 
That's hilarious. Um, but I also think like the Australian culture is just very like drink, drink, drink as well. So that like doesn't help. But I'm very um, like heavily influenced by like the Asian culture where, yeah, they do get on the drink as well. But like I said, my dad's Muslim, so it's not something that they do. Um, and my mum's Buddhist. And then I was raised Christian. So it's just like. So confusing. <laughs> yeah. Like don't know why I don't drink. <laughs> but, <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I, I was not necessarily like in the corporate, but when I was working in nightclubs and running events and stuff, like it was always around. And like you said, it mm. is a currency there. It like, um, yeah, the more people are drinking, the more everyone's having fun and then the more successful your event is. So I was around that in that kind of scenario. But I also, I did some um, like contract work in a mining company and um, they yeah, very much so all the gatherings and whatnot. It's just like heavily focused on the alcohol. And I'm like, mm. where's the food? Like I'll always be around the food table. <laughs> but then everyone's just like smashing back champagne and whatnot. And it's just like, yeah, they, they just don't know how to act. Or they're just, they're just not happy with themselves at the end of the day. So if, if you're not happy with yourself, um, whether it's alcohol, whether it's, you know, adrenaline and stuff or your I don't know jumping off stuff or whatever it is like if you're not happy within yourself you're always going to find these kind of poisons to pick to mm. try and mask away your your pain your real thoughts your authentic self whatever it is um so I think it really just all matters it's, it starts from here starts from your heart and if you're not happy with that you're not going to be happy with any, anything and then all the mistakes and everything you make is just going to spiral and domino and everything's just going to go to shit eventually. And then you're going to have to start at square one again. So yeah, just try and start at square one first and <laughs> work your way out well, of it. I'm a big believer in, you know, not necessarily hitting a rock bottom before you make a different choice yeah. and it doesn't have to be yeah. chaotic. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It can just be, this just isn't working anymore. And I think, you know, definitely in the last couple of years, a lot more people it feels are getting awakened to this idea that I don't have to be a slave to this drink anymore. I don't actually have to, I can still enjoy my life and be the first one on the dance floor and show up for my family and do all the things and juggle all of the things, yeah. but I don't have to do it with this drink in my hand mm -hmm. and I don't have to miss that either. That because yeah. everything that's tied up in that drink can end up being your undoing, yeah. and so that's again, it's why I love having these chats. And everyone's story is totally different. And you know, I'm so sorry that it sounds like your childhood was really full on and really traumatizing. And I don't know how you've managed to reconcile that, <laughs> but if that is somebody else's story as well, my you know, my first recommendation is therapy and absolutely go and talk to someone about that and go, hey, things weren't so crash hot when I was a kid and maybe it's messed me up a little bit and I kind of want to get to know myself and figure out what that looks like And because you don't want to pass that on to your kids and you don't want to, you know, yeah. carry on those things that are going to weigh you down ultimately, right? Yeah. So I um to share a, a woo-woo because I'm very into the woo-woo <laughs> I did a um, soul alignment with this lady um, over the phone and um, it was just so great and she brought up stuff 
like I didn't even know existed. So for example, when I was five years old, apparently when I thought I was safe, um, something, someone did something, someone said something, or someone looked at me in a funny way to really crush me. And then that's when my shield went up of, I'm not good enough. And I've been carrying this shield my whole life thinking I'm not good enough. Um, and then she says she's going to turn the shield around. And on the other side of the shield, it said, I am whole. So like from then, my life has just like fully, like fully changed. Like I no longer need to prove anything to anyone. I no longer need to be whoever I thought I was for all these people. And I just like mm. get to heal my little girl and um, still be able to show up and still, you know, find myself again, I guess. So it's just like these little things that you didn't even know existed has affected mm. your life. Um, so she actually, she's, yeah, she removed that code out of my body and um, took it out of my genetics as well. So like something I wish I did before I had the kids, you know, because then it could be taken out of them. But sure. future kids, it's not going to be in that kid. But it's just like just so cool that she could just like do that and see that over the phone. Um, and then there was another time where she said I was seven years old and my mum was perplexing what love, what a relationship looks like because um, I was only seven and that was like at the peak of like the domestic violence with my stepdad and um, she so she like removed that as well it's just like I don't know I don't know how to explain it I'm still just like what even happened but it's just you just don't realize how much a childhood really affects your adult mm. life and there's Absolutely. just so unhealed children running around dressed up as adults and not knowing what the fuck we're doing and then yeah some continue to continue the cycle with their children, which I've been very like aware of and very determined to break that cycle and just ensure mm. my have like a very loving home. And my husband's a psychotherapist as well. So it's like, and he's also into the woo-woo. So we're doing the best that we can, the best that we know how yeah. to not fuck up our kids. <laughs> the way we God, I, yeah, me too. Um, on the soul alignment thing. Yeah. And I don't mean to sound controversial, um, but when you were saying like it's kind of hard to explain how she did this over the phone, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. If you believe it, then that's that's your truth. And if you fully believe that she was able to get something that was not so great for you out of your life through whatever means necessary and you believe it, then you now believe that this is the rebirth of you and you are going to carry on into a better future. And so whether there's somebody who's completely critical of a soul alignment or not is irrelevant because you believe it. And it's the same for like um, EDMR and there's behavioral therapy, there's talk therapy, there's cognitive, there's so many ways that we can heal our past and it doesn't matter how everyone else heals their past. The point is you've got a past that needs healing. Go find a healing for it. Whatever way that presents itself to you, whether it's a phone call, whether it's a meditation, whether it's a retreat, whether it's a exorcism, I don't know. There's so many things that we can lean into. And, and I think like in this season of my life, rather than roll my eyes and be like, okay, sure, if she like, sure she aligned your soul I think it's 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 truer for me to go I'm so stoked for you Yasmin that you got your healing however you believe it happened 
because if that has been the catalyst for you to like, like you said, spin that shield around and now live your life out of a place of wholeness rather than brokenness, that's great. That's the miracle. And that's a good thing. And so as much as I'm like, okay, don't know about this soul alignment thing. It worked for you. So it might work for somebody else. So like bring on the soul alignment phone calls. Right. Um, and it's the same, like, it's the same for everyone. And, and I think at the end of the day, if you're self-aware enough to go, Hey, I've got some stuff going on in me that I'm self-medicating with booze, or I'm just not okay about because when, as an adult, I look back, I'm like, you know what, that was not a cool situation for me. Maybe there's some stuff I'm carrying. Maybe there's some stuff that I'm projecting. Maybe there's some stuff that I'm not healed from yet. Yeah. If you can go and find that healing, great. I'm yeah. I'm all for it. Like I just I commend so. you on finding it, on owning it, on believing it. And as woo-woo as it is, I'm like good for you. Thank you. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> journey is just so different and everyone's like this this life thing that we're doing is just like not linear. And everyone is going to have their different experiences. And, yeah, what works for you might not work for others, but all we can do is, like, share our experiences and someone may relate to it, someone may not. Someone will be like, what the hell is this chick talking about? And some will be like, oh, that sounds interesting. I want to try it. So, yeah, like you said, you just have to see what feels right for you. And even if you do try and it's not right for you, then forget about that one. Go on to the next. Try something else. Or stay in your misery. It's up to you. Choose what you want it to. You're so right. Like some people do choose the misery because sometimes yeah. the misery is all we know. Yeah. And sometimes it's easier to sit in the misery than it is to actually rise up and Front get side. uncomfortable and move forward. And, and I've definitely sat in those dark times. And so it's, you know, again, this is this is not a podcast of judgment. <laughs> this is not this is not the swift kick in the ass for some people that they might need, but it's just a gentle reminder that we've got every day and every day we have a choice. And so if you can make a cool choice, yeah, if you can make a great choice, then that's great. And if you don't have the capacity to do it, there are other people around you that can help you get there, you know, and I I love to sort of open that circle up to anyone that's willing to sit there and, and own it and go, hey, haven't had a great run, not making cool decisions, would like some help to make better decisions into this conversation, you know? Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the other big issues too is one, well, there's more than one, but one, just people are in denial and don't think that anything is wrong and that nothing's wrong with them and they don't need to change. Um, but the other thing as well is people aren't willing to accept help. Um, so when someone offers it, they're just like, I don't need help. So then that's also going to start pushing away your community. So that gets a bit tricky there. So just be okay with um, even asking for help. Some people just can't ask for help either. You know, I can do it all on my own. And I don't need anyone's help. But that's when everything really bottles up and that's when shit really hits the fan. Yeah. I mean, I can, I'm happy to just on the record, just make a really sweeping statement to say everybody needs help of some kind and if we can all just accept that that's a great way to like tap into asking yourself some questions about what help do I need and then maybe going on a road to finding it so whether it's with your relationship with alcohol or your relationship with yourself or your relationship to your past 
they're all things that we can, you know, potentially need help with. And I think we all, I still need so much help. And I've been sober for nearly nine years. So like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool, babe. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I love how busy you are. I can't wait for the next season of your life where you like wind down a little bit. I wonder that will be really interesting for you. I think I'm actually going into it now. Like I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, tick, 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 done everything. Like now what? You know, like my youngest is going to school next year and it's going to be no one at home. And I'm just like, what the fuck am I going to do now? So like I've kind of like reversed out of hustle mode and kind of slowly going into cruise control mode because like it's just time for like me now it's my time I love that yeah you're going to be a cruise printer (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening make sure you click follow so you don't miss an episode new episodes are published every monday you can follow us on tiktok at last drinks or catch up with me on instagram at maz compton stay curious 